This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I am joined on today's episode by Jude Hoffner, the Vice President of Product Management at Navistone. Jude and I will be discussing an upcoming report from Navistone around uh, individualized direct mail retargeting and its effectiveness in today's multimedia and multi-marketing mix, um, as well as a little bit about the Navistone business and the work it's doing to help the retailers in our audience. So thanks for joining me today, Jude. Good to see you, Joe. So uh, to get us started, I, I think it would be helpful to give a little background on your experience. Uh, I mentioned your current role at Navistone. Tell us a little bit about your background um, in direct marketing as well as your current position. So I've been in the uh, direct marketing space for over 20 years. I want to say about 25 years. I got my start um, Got my start in direct mail. Uh, started at a direct mail agency where all the customers were nonprofits. And this was actually before the internet even. Uh, so sort of a full service agency. And that's kind of where I, I learned my uh, learned my chops, both in direct marketing and direct mail. Um, and uh, sort of was on that path for about a good 15, almost 20 years or so. And the last five years, um, I've basically been uh, head of product here at Navistone ever since we started the business. So it's good to lead into, uh, you mentioned your role at Navistone. Um, tell us a little bit about that organization, the business, and, and kind of the work you're doing for those in the audience that might not be yet familiar with Navistone. So the, the shortest description I've been able to come up with is, yeah, I've got it down to five words, right? We do digital retargeting with direct mail. Um, but the, the, the sort of the, you know, the origin story, if you will, is there are, we're a handful of us that have known each other in the, in, in the industry for a bit. Most of us grew up in, in direct mail. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, we're of a certain vintage, uh, even before the internet had started. And so um, we've been just sort of intuited for a while um, that there was some uh, sleeping giant, if you will, uh, powerful sleeping giant um, sitting around in the, all the data that was, that's being generated um, as the internet, you know, has sort of come online and there's been obviously, you know, now decades of growth of usage. And it always appeared uh, possible, if not obvious to us, that there was a way to bring these two disciplines together, if you will, you know, digital retargeting and, and direct mail targeting. And so, in essence, that's, that's what Navistone is about. This was, uh, you know, an idea that we've, that we've worked hard and, you know, brought it to market. Great. And we're going to talk about kind of the merging of those two disciplines, as you've talked about. Um, so as I alluded to in my opening, Jude, I, I want to talk a little bit about the upcoming research report that Navistone is about to uh, release in partnership with Total Retail, um, really discusses the role that direct mail can play in an effective digital retargeting strategy. Um, so tell our audience a little bit about some of the key takeaways um, and how direct mail is being used in retargeting today, since um, you know that's your specialty at Navistone. Well, so first of all, I just want to acknowledge um, that it's pretty amazing that we're talking about, you know, digital retargeting and direct mail in the same sentence. I mean, <laughs> fun, like I said, that's kind of what Navistone's, I guess, mission, if you will, or sort of origin story is all about. Um, and, you know, for a long time, these two disciplines have not really been able to live in the same sentence. They've sort of lived in, you know, two different silos, have been two different industries, two different disciplines. And um, I just, you know, that in and of itself is pretty remarkable. So, I, you know, I, when I was looking at the results of the survey, um, handful of takeaways that were, 
honestly, they, they were not that surprising. You know, direct mail um, has over the decades, it's kind of, it goes through these boom and bust cycles in terms of the kind of the industry narratives, right? We, we get these stories about, uh, you know, the, direct, the demise of direct mail, and then direct mail is on the rise, the demise of direct mail is on the rise. <laughs> I think in, in most cases, both of those are, are overblown. Um, what's pretty much always been true is that um, despite or in addition to everything that's going on around, um, you know, the, the growth of new and innovative marketing channels, direct mail has always been there. And I think this research reinforces that. You know, we saw, I want to say it's above 90% of retailers and brands are um, still using direct mail in some way as part of their uh, marketing strategy and marketing budget. Um, we saw that uh, of those, you know, 90% most that are using it, there's opportunity for uh, improvement. Um, some of that, I, when I look at that, I think to myself, you know, are the, is it really about, are the, can the practices be improved or is this a perception that they have that uh, direct mail could or should perform better for them? I think that's an interesting um, sort of like click in question. Um, most are, you know, by now it's 2022, most are, are doing what we've been talking about now for, you know, 10 or 15 years, which is doing their best to do some level of personalization. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect we saw in, in the level of satisfaction that, that, that brands feel like they're getting out of the personalization that they're deploying, which is to say, uh, they're using personalization, they're using direct mail, and they've got this expectation of either, uh, you know, actual results or maybe a lift in results that they might get from new strategies. It's a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, sort of what they're expecting and what they're seeing. Those are kind of the, those are sort of the headlines that I took away from it. Yeah, that's great. And, I, and I'm going to get back to kind of um, your perception point too. that, that direct mail, there's, you know, some, there's some stigmas, I will say around it, that, the, you know, it's kind of an old school and it's kind of lost its relevance. But I, to your point, and I think it comes, the conversation comes back to just building on your, on your last answer, Jude, around, you know, really relevance in the, in the, the relevance of the marketing material. And it, the, the channel is, is less important to the consumer. I think sometimes marketers get wrapped up into the channel. At the end of the day, if, if you're sending a relevant piece, whether it's direct mail, whether it's an email, whether, you know, whatever the case may be, um, if it's striking a chord and meeting a need for the consumer and it's relevant to the consumer, then they don't really care if it's direct mail or, or some other digital channel. At least um, the data is kind of bearing that out. Is that kind of what you're hearing as well? Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I think the, um, I think the important distinction here that sometimes gets lost when we're all talking about these things, you know, in conferences or in conversations like this is like direct marketing as a, as a marketing strategy is built on matching data with really any medium to maximize relevancy, right? That's fundamentally what direct marketing is about. Inside of direct marketing, you've got lots of different options and a growing number of channels or media, if you want to call it that, right? So there's direct mail. There is what we call programmatic or digital retargeting banner advertising. There's been email. These are all flavors of direct marketing, but fundamentally direct marketing is about um, maximizing relevancy by combining data with whatever channel that you're executing on. And that individualization too, and like, you know, taking that personalization, you mentioned there's slight, maybe a slight disconnect between 
the levels of personalization that marketers are putting into their campaigns and then what they're expecting in return. And I guess it comes down to really individualizing each piece. Right. And, and essentially technology is the enabler of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the easier, the, the, the more advanced we get with technology, the better the computing capacity, the better the tools and, and um, tricks that we as marketers have at our fingertips, uh, you know, the, the better the, um, the relevancy will be, uh, the better our ability to measure things that we're testing to try and improve relevancy and, and response rates are going to be. Um, and uh, just the more success that we'll have. And I think, you know, for direct mail to kind of get back to your question about, about the perception of direct mail, as being a you know a little bit old and staid, um, I think there's a perception that um, that direct mail, the tricks and tools and the technology that's been around to support that relevancy, um, has sort of trailed behind digital, and um, that to some extent may be true. But that's you know at Navistar, that's obviously what we believe. It's sort of what we're bringing together, right? The ability to leverage. Um, the data that underpins digital retargeting, combine it with a medium that still today uh, produces really excellent response rates. Yeah, and we're going to get into that performance piece in a minute. But I wanted to talk, uh, you know, for our audience's uh, education in terms of uh, the report that we're addressing, um, the methodology a little bit. So talk a little bit about kind of the process of gathering this research data. So we wanted to get a good sample size here. So we went, um, you know, a broad range of opinions. So, um, you know, in terms of business size, we went down, you know, we've got representative businesses in there down to, you know, the SMB, the 10 million in sales range, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, billion dollar um, companies. Um, we heard from, uh, you know, direct consumer. We heard from, we've got some voices in there from CPG, uh, so, you know, lots of different kind of go-to-market models. Um, so I think, we, you know, it's a good, uh, a good set of voices with an interesting mix of different applications of direct mail. When you think about how you're constructing your campaigns and your segmentation, who you're targeting, how you're targeting, what data you have to bring to bear at the um, individual and customer and household level, um, you know, really sort of a healthy mix um, of voices that we wanted to hear from in there. In terms of those uh, individual respondents too, I guess the marketer is probably the the target person that you wanted to hear from. They're making these decisions about how the direct mail fits in, the retargeted direct mail fits into an overall marketing strategy. So I guess marketers were were the primary demographic you wanted to to reach. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, the marketers, as you say, they're the ones making the decisions. They're the ones managing budgets. Uh, They're the ones responsible for um, you know, allocation of resources and sort of balancing all these different channels that they can use for marketing, um, uh, you know, in terms of investment, plus the execution of it. So yeah, those are, you know, when we go out and do these surveys, it's almost always the marketers that we want to hear from. Yeah, that's great. I want to come back to a point we were talking about um, performance and, and, and performance of uh, retargeted individualized direct mail in comparison with some of the digital marketing channels that are out there. Um, and that the conversion rate and ROI from direct mail um, outpacing that of, of nearly every digital marketing channel. That was one of the key findings that uh, is contained within the report. Yet, you know, there is that perception out there that direct mail is this older, more traditional marketing channel, um, doesn't have the kind of um, allure with, especially with younger shoppers, 
that some of these digital interactions they might be having are. Can you talk a little bit about um, the data in terms of performance and what it's saying and, and what that might mean for marketers as they devise their, their budgets and figure out how they're gonna be spending their money? Yeah, the, um, so it's always been the case, I think it's almost always been the case that response rates from direct mail um, have been higher than most digital media. And so, you know, a question that I, that's worth asking, I've asked myself uh, quite a bit over the years is, you know, how is it that digital media um, has, has eaten into so many of the direct mail budgets? And I think what we've, what we've seen over the years is that it's really been um, a cost-based innovation, okay? What is interesting and efficient and scalable about digital media is that essentially the marginal cost of an advertisement is something approaching zero. And that's never been true of direct mail. It likely never will be true of direct mail. But sort of with all the obsession with the cost side of things, um, we sort of lost sight a little bit of the power of direct mail still to drive response. And so I think it's really actually just an attention and, and focus story um, those response rates have always been there. Now, I think the, I think that's, I think that's changing. I think there's a couple of things at work um, driving some of that change. Um, one of those things that's driving the narrative change, if you will, uh, just the last couple of years around, you know, privacy, um, third-party cookie, all these sort of challenges that the digital space is having, are starting to overcome the 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 cost um, narrative on the digital side, um, and it's giving direct mail sort of another chance to get. Uh, the attention, you know, of marketers as they're thinking about allocating their budget. So the reality is that when you look at response rates from direct mail and you compare them to digital banner ads, you compare them to email, they are, have been, probably will continue to be, you know, anywhere from five to 10 to 20 times the response rate. And the question becomes, you know, is that enough of a response rate a high enough response to um, to sort of make the economics of direct mail work, you know, because of that cost side of things, and and that's really just pretty simple math that yeah. any direct marketer can do. It's an efficiency question. Uh, most of the time, the answer is yes, um, but it is also the case that uh, you know this is where you start to really use your chops to get into the data. You know, some segments, yes. Some of your customers are gonna be more responsive to direct mail. Some of your customers are gonna be more responsive to some other media. And the trick, the key is figuring out which ones are which and then pressing your advantage with your, you know, your budgets and your strategies um, to maximize the returns on those segments. Yeah, and I, I wanna follow up on the um, sort of the cost piece of it in terms of producing a positive ROI, which obviously is the goal for any marketing medium. But um, the other thing, and you talked about cost, but I think another piece that might be interesting for you to comment on, Jude, as well, in terms of towards digital is kind of the speed factor and the production time. Uh, many think that, you know, with direct mail, that's a longer lead time in terms of production and getting that out to the door and getting that message to your customer, you know, in, in, in as soon as possible is obviously is um, tell us a little bit about how at Navistone you can help in that regard with direct mail, shortening that time, and then getting that piece so that you're not missing the window. You know, consumer attention spans are short, hitting them when they're 
when they're ready to make a purchase. Tell us a little bit about the speed and how that factors into it as well. So first, I just want to say something about um, pace of innovation and uh, cost of medium. You know, direct mail is perceived to have these, uh, you know, sort of greater expenses associated with it. And um, the digital media seems to be the space where there's more innovation going on. And I actually have a, a different view of this. I think that um, I think that costs drive innovation. I think there's more innovation going on in direct mail these days, actually, than there is in, in, um, in digital marketing. And I think it's being driven by the fact that uh, marketers are in search of, you know, more efficient ROI. So the question becomes like, where are the opportunities for innovation in the direct mail space? And as you say, one of them is, is speeding up how quickly we can get our communications into the hands of these customers, right? So we're working up our relevancy, we're working up the um, targeting of our messaging. Now, how quickly can we get the message inside of the consumer's hands? Because we know that recency matters, right? So in uh, the old, you know, one of the limiting factors here, of course, is the USPS um, and really the printer community, right? How quickly can the printers produce our pieces and how efficiently can we get them into the postal system and, uh, and distributed across the United States. There's been a lot going on um, on both of those fronts. On the printer side, really digital printing has been a big innovation there. And what we do at Navistone is we leverage that heavily. Yeah. So what we're able to do is we're able to take uh, you know, these intent signals uh, that drive the relevancy of our product and um, put them up on digital presses and get them into the mail within about 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours. We're able to mail them first class and distribute them, uh, sort of enter the postal system in uh, throughout the United States. So, um, you know, typically what we see in delivery times anywhere from, you know, within about two to three days of uh, the data that we're leveraging um, to super target this, um, you know, these direct mail pieces, we've got them in mailboxes of these consumers. It would seem to me that considered purchases, more higher ticket purchases that, uh, you know, there's more research being done and consumers aren't making them as frequently, that would even lend itself to even more effectiveness for yours, uh, for what Navistone is doing. Have you seen that certain product categories potentially that are even outperforming others when it comes to this approach? We are, and it, you know, it makes some intuitive sense, right? Uh, the, uh, the more considered purchase allows for that a couple of days that it yeah. is, you know, that it's going to take for the marketing um, to get in their hands to, you know, to have an impact. Um, for sure, you know, the sort of the, the more considered the purchase, uh, you know, we're seeing some uh, really wonderful success in the travel industry, right? These are considered purchases. They take some advanced planning. They're not small ticket. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, home decor, right? It's uh, not a, you know, a, a $5 uh, piece of, of art that's up on your wall, you know, couch you're gonna think about for a little while. Um, redecorating an entire room, you're going to put some planning together. And so intuitively, that makes sense. It's one of the things I actually found was really interesting about um, the fact that, uh, you know, we continue to get interest from the CPG community and how they can put what we are doing to work. And it's still, um, still a bit of a puzzle to solve. But, you know, so much of CPG tends to be, you know, lower ticket stuff, you know, we have not seen yet that uh, digital retargeting for you know, a, a dental floss purchase um, is super effective. You need dental floss, kind of need it right away. By the time the you know, messaging shows up, it may not be quite as effective. But I still think there's, 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 um, there's 
there's some progress to be made. I think there's a real opportunity there. I think what the CPGs are looking for is how can we leverage direct mail, intent data, uh, combine those things to really strengthen the relationship that we have with our actual customers, not yeah. who we're selling yeah. through. And uh, there's a really interesting opportunity there as well. If we can crack that nut, then um, uh, you know, help them crack that nut. I think we'll see uh, we'll see some really interesting applications of of what we do. Yeah, I think that's a great. As you were speaking, Jude, and talking about CBG in particular, I was thinking, you know, that loyalty piece is really where that might factor in. That's, that's exactly than right. That initial first purchase. That's exactly right. So you've got these these two really big business strategies that are at work there, right? So how do you how do you make this fit for the loyalty play, and then you know it's sort of intuitive that it's going to fit for the larger, let's call them larger transaction plays even, right? So there's, you know, I mentioned travel. Uh, we see success in in some of the financial services. You really think about what a financial service transaction is. It's a, you know, it's a pretty big ticket transaction in most cases. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back to the, the point you've made that the arguments often you know, thrown out there that offline channels, including direct mail, are, are more difficult because they're expensive, um, they take longer to produce, and thus it's harder to produce positive ROI considering those factors. So tell us a little bit about what the data is showing in the upcoming report and how that might impact marketers' decision-making um, as they're planning out their media spend. So what the data show in this research report really matches up, frankly, with the data that we see um, inside of our sort of product performance, if you will, okay? Um, most uh, marketers who feel like they've got their practices, um, that they're using their practices correctly, are in fact seeing, um, you know, let's call it at, at a minimum satisfactory ROI, sort of ROI that's meeting their goals, right? Every business has sort of a certain formula, a certain level of KPI, um, that they need their marketing to perform at. It was the beauty of direct marketing is you kind of tune it up and down for um, the needs of your strategy. And, you know, in, in many cases, they're seeing the channel perform um, sort of well enough, and yet <laughs> they perceive an opportunity for improvement, right? And so what, when we sort of ask these follow-up questions about, you know, like, what do you think, essentially to probe, you know, what do you think is going on there? What we were hearing is that it's sort of a story around the kind of data that they're using um, to drive their personalization. So these marketers, you ask them, are you personalizing? And they say, yes. You say, okay, well, what data are you using? And a lot of times they'll tell you, well, we're using demographic data yeah. to drive our personalization. And what a lot of us have known for a while is that demographic data can be useful in certain applications, but it's not the most, it's not always the most predictive. That there are some other types of data that if you can organize it and link it in the right way and leverage it in the right way, will drive up your response rates, it will drive up relevancy. And so, you know, there's lots of examples, sort of humorous examples that we could probably come up with about how demographic data might actually end up being a mismatch for uh, the message that you're trying to send out there. Um, you know, if you roll back 20 or 30 years, uh, maybe more than that, maybe 40 or 50 years, right? The, the, uh, the recognition that past purchase data um, was more demonstrably more powerful and more predictive than demographic data that's, you know, been known for a long time. The beauty of, of what we're seeing today 
and where we you know, see that Navistone derives its um, power, really, the, the success of the product, is that we're using now even a different kind of data. You know, we think about it as intent data. This is the data that we can leverage from, you know, the digital behavior that we can sort of extract out of digital behavior. And it's really taking it to the next level, right? So this is sort of the next innovation of what, you know, the predictive power of data. And I think we're, we're, we're going to see as more marketers adopt intent data, we're going to see the, uh, you know, more of the community recognize that, that, it, the power of it relative to demographic data, which we still see a lot of marketers using as sort of their primary source. And that intent data can be browse data too. So that's what you're powering those retargeting efforts based upon is if I go on to, you know, a website and look at a particular product, um, you're then, and I don't purchase, um, that re, I can be retargeted with that browse intent data. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you, when you describe it, if you describe it a certain way, it becomes like really obvious that browsing data is intent data. And all you have to do is think of a website as, as a store, mm -hmm. right? And you've, you've entered a store and you're moving around the store as an expression of your intent, right? You intended to be in the store. You intended to do business with that brand. Um, you intended to look at the, you know, uh, men's clothes in this side of you know, this side of the store and you, then you intended to look at the women's sweaters on that side of the store. And so it's, it's, um, you know, you kind of think about it that way, it all suddenly becomes, you know, pretty obvious that the nature of the data is intent data. The real challenge is um, organizing this digital browsing data in a way that works in this to sort of operationalize it for direct mail. And, you know, that's fundamentally, that's, that's sort of the, the the puzzle that we've solved with Navistone and the combination of these, you know, the the intent data and this powerful medium is really what's driving, you know, these response rates. Um, I think the there's an education process. You know, I just think it takes thinking about it a little bit differently when suddenly you can appreciate that, you know, the nature of browsing data as giving off intent signals. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Navistone has really been an innovator and, and kind of a leader in, in, in driving innovation within the direct mail space. So uh, I'm interested in your take, Jude, um, you know, start of, you know, Q1 here, start of a new year, um, where you foresee the future of, of direct mail and kind of this web powered direct mail that Navistone is really known for, um, where do you see this kind of piece of the marketing puzzle going? Well, it, it you're probably not going to be surprised to hear me say I, I'm, we're very bullish on it. We think that there's a lot uh, going on in the both the marketplace and the ecosystem um, that suggests that we're actually just at the beginning here of um, of what we can do, uh, Navstone can do with um, you know digital retargeting with direct mail. I think there's a a couple of ecosystemic things going on. The first is. Um, you know, the direct marketing and the digital marketing um, community is still working through uh, issues of digital data privacy, um, working through issues of um, the changing infrastructure, by which I mean, you know, what people are talking about is the demise of the third party cookie. They're, those are actually two different things. I think sometimes the conversation gets a little bit conflated, um, but the, the 
you know, the, the demise of the third party cookie is going to drive uh, some changes in the digital marketing ecosystem. And it's going to take a couple of years <laughs> to work all of that. I don't think we really know where that's going to land. And in the meantime, there is a great opportunity for uh, direct mail to go to work in that space because we, we, to be honest with you, we don't have those issues. Um, we don't have the, the, the technological ecosystem here is fundamentally unaffected, or at least at Navistone, it's fundamentally unaffected by these disruptions going on um, in the digital marketing, digital retargeting and digital marketing space. So I think uh, digital retargeting with direct mail and digital marketing with direct mail is going to accelerate its usage um, in this time period. Yeah, it could fill a void there. And like you're saying, yeah. It's going to fill a huge void. And I think marketers are going to, uh, while the digital uh, ecosystem is sort of working out its issues, you know, marketers still need to look around and say, okay, well, what assets do I have available, strategic assets do I have available to me that, um, that I can put to work now? And the answer is first-party data. Yeah. And digital browsing intent data can be first-party data. You can use it to drive uh, really effective marketing programs. And that's really the backbone of what we do. Um, you know, the other thing, the other, um, the other thing I, I see in the space that I think is going to drive um, adoption and acceptance of this is, you know, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, the innovation in the printer space, you know, you go back 10, 20, whatever years it is, um, uh, you know, printing was all litho. I'm going to age myself a little bit here. It was all litho and fairly inefficient. It was very difficult to do and expensive to do small runs. Um, as more printers and the printer ecosystem adopts um, uh, digital printing as their primary platforms, what that's going to facilitate is uh, the ability to do smaller print runs and do better testing, more nimble uh, messaging, more nimble um, uh, relevancy, more nimble segmentation. I mean, I think all of this is going to be to the benefit of um, advancing, you know, sort of making leaps forward in how uh, direct mail is adopted, frankly, by the, by the marketing community. So I think those two big pieces are at work this year. You know, it started, we really started seeing it in the last, you know, year or two, maybe a couple of years before that, uh, depending on which piece you're, you know, you're, you're evaluating. Uh, but I think the space is wide open to drive adoption really in the next two or three years. We're quite bullish on it. Yeah, and I tend to agree. And it, it presents a real opportunity for Navistone. Um, so I'll close with Jude. For those uh, you know in our audience that are interested in learning more about Navistone, the work you're doing, and, uh, and how you could potentially help with some of these um, digital uh, uh, retargeting through direct mail and, and opportunities in that space, what would you advise our audience to do to learn more about Navistone and how it could be of help to them? Well, go to our website, uh, you know, navistone.com. Uh, you can see how it works. You know, if this feels like something novel to you, uh, it's like you're thinking, how does digital retargeting with direct mail work? Um, just go to our website website and start there. Um, you can reach out to us and, and uh, uh, send in an inquiry. We'll re we'll be very happy to, to uh, get back in touch with you and explain, you know, how all this can work. It's, it's uh, pretty easy to do. We are um, very supportive of all of our customers. We sort of help you through the process. Uh, we'll set you up and guide you through how it works and make sure it works for you. Great. Well, I want to take the opportunity to thank Jude Hoffner, the, again, the Vice President of Product Management at Navistone.
for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thanks for all the information, Jude. Thanks, Joe. Good to see you. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.